0: Hi, I'm Ulysses, and this is Music, Meaning, and Mystery podcast. This podcast is published on a monthly schedule, and in this very first episode, I have a conversation with jazz musician Sue Terry. We do talk a little bit about Sue's career, but please note that this podcast does not follow the standard interview format. Rather, it is part of a book writing project that I started in February of 2019. My aim is to explore the mysteries of music and to contend with the wisdom I encounter. This makes up the bulk of my conversation with Sue. I think you will enjoy it. You can find Sue on the internet at sueterry.com. There you will find her music, blog articles, and some books you can read.
1: For most of my career, I was called Sweet Sue, uh-huh. and eventually, I kind of, I just got tired of that. I got tired of being called Sweet, and I got tired of having this letter on the end of my name that was silent, that doesn't even belong. Because the nickname of Susan, which is my name, should be S U and not S U E. Like, where does the E? There's no E. Why does why is there an E? Right. So then I started spelling it Sue. I still have problems, though, with people not wanting to conform to that spelling.
0: Hmm. Some like... people
1: don't want, to, don't want to change. So you might have trouble with your friends who don't want to call you Ulysses. They want to call you by a name that they used to know you by.
0: No, actually, uh, when I made this switch uh, a while back, uh, I wasn't thinking about it as, as a pen name. But when I made this switch, everybody was pretty cool about it, actually. And I think it's because I'm a musician. Then they they kind of like, oh, he's a weirdo. So, you know, <laughs> so they kind of expected that sort of move. And even my my normie friends were totally cool about it. Yeah. yeah. There's
1: there's a actually a, a funny story about a guy named um, Joe, and he what he goes to the court to get his name changed officially his, his, his last, his, his, his name. So the judge sees that the guy wants to change his name and he starts going on a diatribe about name changing and, you know, what's wrong with the name your parents gave you? That's your God given name. It's your name from birth. There's nothing wrong with it. I can't stand people that want to change it. What do you want to change your name to What, what, what what's your name? And, and the guy says, well, my name is Joe shit. <laughs> and so the, The judge says, oh, okay. All right, what do you want to change it to? And the guy says, Frank shit.
0: (laughs) 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 That's a good one. (laughs) 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 Well, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a sucker for the curveball, curveball jokes. (laughs) (laughs) So, So while we were having this conversation before you asked me if I had interviewed anybody else and that's when I realized uh, I didn't know I was interviewing you <laughs> <laughs> so and in the course of our conversation you you you, you know you bolstered my confidence so I'm going to try to do this a little bit more interviewee but like I don't want to be like weird about it or anything but uh, I wanted to for people who don't know you, talk a little bit about your career because uh, a look through your website is quite the encounter with uh, a series of accomplishments. What, what are you most proud of in your career? What, what, what do you like about your career?
1: Well, what I like about it is, is that I had this passion when I was a kid to be a jazz musician. It started when I was just a, a fledgling clarinet player in the junior high school band, and I, I was fascinated by improvisation and particularly Dixieland music. And I thought it was amazing how the clarinet and the trumpet and the trombone were all improvising at the same time. And I started, and my teachers, I had very enlightened teachers who knew about jazz and they helped me, uh, pointing me in the direction of things to listen to and how to get started in learning how to how to make improvisation in music instead of just reading the music. So then I, I just was always fascinated by that. And I, I eventually, I got a hold of a saxophone and then was completely obsessed by listening to particularly bebop, you know, Charlie Parker and, oh, and before that Lester Young and Coleman Hawkins, but, uh, especially the the bebop musicians and I decided to go to the Hart School which is in Hartford in Connecticut to study with Jackie McLean who was one of the premier jazz saxophonists living at the time and the school didn't accept me as mm. a saxophone major they didn't they already had enough saxophones they didn't need any more but they needed clarinet players oh. and I remember my mother said Make sure you tell them you play the clarinet too. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so at the end of the uh, the saxophone audition, I I was I think I said, oh, my mother said I have to tell you I also play the clarinet. And they were like, really? And they were so happy. And they the director of admissions called me and asked me would I would I be a clarinet major at the school? So I did. And then a year later, I switched it to saxophone. And
0: you did the old like bait and switch out. on them. I did, I did, <laughs> totally,
1: without knowing what it was called, you know. Right. And I um, I started my career as a jazz saxophone player. I was playing professionally while I was still a student in clubs, and, and then uh, I started to meet professionals who had connections in New York and knew famous musicians, and also because my teacher was famous, I met a lot of the players through him. You know, 10 years after I was obsessed at twelve years old with jazz music on records and wearing them out and transcribing them. Ten years later, I myself was playing with the very musicians that I had been obsessed with on recordings hmm. as hmm. a as a child. And I think to me, that's um my biggest accomplishment. So that's what I'm most proud of.
0: It's quite the hero's journey there, Sue. So can you tell me, about how it felt like. Did you have a moment where it all kind of came, it clicked, like, like holy shit, this is happening. I'm making this happen, like. Or...
1: I no, I I didn't think about that because I was um, I was doing it. You know, I was more like in 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 the throes of doing the thing. I wasn't being objective about it really. You know that that all comes, I think, later in life when you look back on what you've done and you have to decide if you've wasted your life or not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about where your career is now? Like, what are you working on now that's interesting to you? I know you've told me, but people listening to this will not know what we've talked about.
1: Right. Well, I, I started to come to Ecuador. I live in the Andes Mountains in Ecuador, and I started to come here 11 years ago and I would do short trips, and I would, uh, I would spend a few months a year here. And um, I decided to move here in 2016. Uh, but in 2012, a uh, gentleman from Rochester started the Jazz Society of Ecuador in Cuenca, in the town where I was living. And so we got together and started mentoring uh, the musicians here who were trying to play jazz all those all those uh, young musicians that we were mentoring well now they're really good <laughs> so right. they asked me to they asked me to join their band uh, nice. the band is called Jazz They Borrow so I did and we've been doing some really 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 nice projects the last one was uh, that we did in November was a joint concert with the Cuenca Symphony where the symphony played arrangements of our music and we played you know with them on stage and it was live we did it two nights for a live audience as well as the recording I think I sent you the recording
0: yeah yeah, I did listen to uh, I did listen to it and uh, definitely recommended. and if this uh, if I manage to publish this at some point I'll definitely like link to it wherever where whichever way i choose to do this i'll find a way to let people know cool well i want to talk about part of the reason why i reached out to you not entirely knowing who i was reaching out to <laughs> uh, we we connected on a social media platform called think Spot. i thought for a long time i was the only musician kind of talking about music on there but i Finally, I poked around and poked around and found your feed there. Uh, and you go as, are you fine with me saying your username or? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So you go by Temple of Artists. So mm-hmm. given the nature of my project that got my attention and uh, one quote in particular, which I want to read, it's like that feed is got lots of really cool kind of like what like calls to action for musicians for artists for 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 thinkers in general and then there was this one article that she posted which was kind of uh kind of like uh trying to wake up wake up musicians or wake up artists to what they really are and this particular line was the reason i reached out to you and it says We are the modern day shamans who traverse the unknown territory of the imagination and bring back its rusted and dirt encrusted treasures, transforming them into nutrition for the soul. I could have like a four hour conversation just about that comment. Uh, But we'll do our best to boil it down. I want to take it piece by piece. We are the modern day shamans. What's a shaman in this picture that you're painting here, and how does that shaman require a distinction of being a modern day one?
1: Okay, so a shaman, a shamanic culture, is a culture vastly different, with a vastly different world view than a western culture so shamanic culture it has nothing to do with religion it has nothing to do with philosophy and it has nothing to do with separating things from each other which is what we do in in the west everything is separated everything's categorized everything has a name and um, in a shamanic culture everything is connected to each other and everything is alive even a rock is alive so this this type of worldview is very different from the worldview that most everybody has in the West. And so you can really say that the West doesn't have shamans, although we do. We have people who are experts in plant medicine and in journeying, shamanic journeying and, and so forth. But they didn't learn from their culture. They had to take the ideas from other cultures that nurtured uh, those traditions and transplant them into the West. So that's why I say that the artists are the modern day shamans because in the Western cultures, the artists are the only ones who are permitted, you know, officially kind of permitted to go to these other realms these unknown realms and transform the we find there however we do that because our making art i mean it's a mysterious process as you know we don't even know how it happens a lot of times we are the ones who are making those shamanic journeys but instead of calling ourselves shaman shamans and waving um herbs over people and saying incantations and healing them and making uh, bridges between uh, people and uh, making connections between people and their, the world outside of them. Instead of that, we're making art in order to do that exact same thing.
0: So it sounds like to me, like you're saying, that artists, musicians are modern-day shamans only in the sense that they're exactly like shamans, but just in the modern day, we just call them something else?
1: Yeah, I think we do the same thing. I think we go to the unknown and we bring stuff back from the unknown and we make connections between uh, stuff that's invisible and stuff that's visible and stuff that people in the normal world can't hear but we can hear it so we're the ones that are doing the exact same things that the shaman uh, a shaman from that type of culture would do except we're expressing it differently
0: so and he's... I think
1: that I think this is the way that people um, in the West can connect to those sublime things mm-hmm. to those mysterious things mm-hmm. they have to do it through art because that's the only way they can do it
0: do you draw the analogy all the way to the point of stating that, mu- that music is alive or music is spirit or is a an export from the spirit world?
1: Yeah, because we don't know where it comes from, really. And, and you know, music, it's just a strange thing because it, no one can say what it means. It's like when you read a review of a band or, or a record and you get... Uh, oftentimes I get a completely different impression of what the music is going to sound like from reading what someone writes about it and then I go and listen to it and I'm like, what? Mm. I don't see what they were talking about here, this is not how I would describe this. Because writers are, who aren't musicians are always trying to describe the music, I guess in the only way they can. you know. But that's going to be different for every person because art is filtered. It's an impression that's received by someone. It's filtered through whatever their particular configuration is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, one way to look at it for, for someone who's looking to bridge uh, their ability to understand how music may be spirit is to think of emotional reactions to music. So the shamans use the technique of uh, ecstatic state to travel to the other world, which a very often used method of going to the ecstatic state is drumming and singing and chanting, which is music, which is what musicians do. That state of ecstasy comes from the word ecstasis, which literally means outside of you. Mm -hmm. So you're going to a state that is outside yourself. So when you have an emotional reaction to music, That is an emotion you didn't have until you encountered the music. So where's the emotion coming from? It's coming from outside of you. So that's like a way to wrap that in language that is like palatable to somebody like from the West, like you said.
1: Yeah, and the uh, only reason that it's outside of you at all is because you closed it off. We're human beings. We have to close it off like that. We can't receive all the impressions right. that are available to us or else we couldn't function so yeah. that's just a part of the human condition but it's weird because music has um, such a powerful meaning when you listen to it and and when you feel it but no one can say what it means
0: yeah it's yeah. it's
1: a meaning that can't be trans transferred into words
0: yeah so I would sometimes get asked about um, why did you write why do you write songs or why did you write the song well, it's, it's a thing, if I could say it any other way, I wouldn't write a song. <laughs> right? It's the one way that that thing can take form here. Uh-huh. Um, so the next part of your statement here is you talk about traversing to the unknown territory of the imagination. So it seems like you're likening the imagination to... The the, the the spirit, spirit world is, a, is, is it is not like the imaginal the imagination realm is another way of mapping whatever the thing is that sh, the shamans use spirit to map is this is that seem correct am I
1: yeah and the I guess the reason I used the word imagination is because that's how let's say a, a Western person could understand it
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know that's what they would call that realm yeah They would call it imagination. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. Why are the treasures we bring back rusted and dirt and crusted?
1: Because they're in their raw state. And in order for them to come into this plane of existence and be accepted, they have to be polished
0: Hmm. and
1: they have to be refined.
0: I I see, I see. And they
1: have to be made palatable.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah what you as a mu- as a musician encounter is not precisely what audience encounters. Audience is a weird word but whoever is the listener encounters. So your role is to is to make is to make the medicine. You're brewing the the medicine. You're it it you're taking like a like you're saying raw in- ingredients but it doesn't become medicine until you until you interact with, with it. Is, yeah, I like that. Yeah, okay. That's the thing, like transform, like you say, transforming them into nutrition for the soul. Yeah, that's actually a really good insight because I've been doing research into shamanism and how they use music and thinking a lot about how musicians are so much like shamans, but how current musicians, what is it that we're we can learn from shamans that we're, we're missing or maybe we lost along the way and definitely like the understanding that there's like a process of transformation that occurs is is one of those things I think I think the
1: the process of transformation actually is even in the words that we use because a shaman would never even use the word music they're just dealing with
0: sound can you tell me more about that cuz you you I did hear you talk about that that the shamans when shamans sing make music they're not it's not about music it's about sound and i'd like to i'd like to know more about that is it something you experienced or you observed or i want to i want to know more about this
1: well uh, let's say for example where, where i live i live in the andes mountains so here there's a very very strong indigenous tradition that goes back to the incas right and despite the uh, spanish conquest in the 16th in the 16th century, the Inca uh, indigenous and not just the Inca. There's a lot of tribes here, and the indigenous people here are very much integrated into the society. You know, they they're not separated like on reservations or something like that. You okay. could be downtown in the city, and you could see um, indigenous people walking by in their traditional costume and. And so forth, and it's just that's how they dress. Mm-hmm. So for for those people, and that that tradition, they respect uh, something called pachamama, which for us maybe we would use the term Gaia. You know, it's that interconnectedness, that respect for um, nature, of which we're a part, and. There's no separation. the the nature the pachamama pachamama is nature. She's not like a separate thing that's in another place, like God is in heaven, right? And heaven is over up there. It's not here on earth, right? Mm-hmm. They don't do that. Pachamama's is is everything. So this tradition of uh, let's say the pre-Hispanic sounds that were made you know the instrument the the i mean i could. They, they should really be called sound objects because you can't really call them musical instruments they weren't created to play music Mu- to play music is making an artistic statement or you know playing songs for functions for dances or whatever but this th- these objects were made to replicate the sounds of nature that they heard all around them so there's amazing there's one is called the it it's called the sound of death and it's it's not a whistle it's just it makes this incredible kind of wind sound but it's frightening
0: mm.
1: or there, there's another one that imitates the sound of thunder of mm. a heavy rainstorm there's another one it's made from the jaw of a burrow and it makes this really frightening kind of clacking sound mm-hmm. so a lot of the A lot of these sound objects, and there's, of course, flutes and ocarinas and things like that. Also, the Andean traditions had instruments that were made or sound objects that made their sounds through the use of water. You would put water inside them. Mm. And the Europeans never did that, you know, that wasn't done. So it's a very distinctive approach to the understanding of the power of sound, that it's kind of more sound in its raw state.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas in the in the West it's become very 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 refined.
0: Now do you know what are the aims of the of the usage of these sound objects? Like in in what ways are those use, used and in what pur- for what purposes?
1: Well for instance uh, let's say they were drawing some animals on the wall of a cave. So you have to infuse the spirit of that animal into the drawing that you're making Mm. and how do you do that you do it with these sound objects to invoke the power of the spirit of the animal to enter uh this depiction of the animal
0: because because the the animal itself expresses its spirit through through sound uh, among other things but the, the form of the animal is also the sound of it.
1: The sound is the, is the most powerful thing that you have to invoke the dimension that we can't see.
0: Mm. Wow. Wow.
1: That's why musicians are so powerful. They don't even know it. Yeah. Most of them.
0: Yeah, well, that's part of the reason I undertook this project because I launched myself into like a music career as a, you know, a middle-aged man after like a long period of being unable to do so, and I was I had all of this raw let's fucking go energy, right? And when I encountered a musical scene it was a rude awakening to a large degree. I saw that, that, um, like you told me, there are surprisingly few musicians who can go in that direction or even recognize it. So I'm hoping with this project, a book, podcast, to maybe like nudge some people who have some sort of, maybe an ember in their stomach, to see like there is something going on here that's, Frighteningly strange, almost, right, and uh, and uh, and then we maybe have discussions to like, what is it that we're gonna do about this, <laughs> right, because we meandered and we made like rock and roll and we're like we got all of this like pop music and, we went all the way around and it's uh, it's like uh, but why why are we doing this in the first place and what what is it that we're gonna do about. This power, I guess, like, like you, like you say, that we don't, we're not entirely aware that we have. Um,
1: it's, you know. it's. Um, I mean, our, our ultimate goal is uh, transformation. We're, we we want to transform ourselves, and we want to transform the people who listen to the music that we make. It's an it's an alchemical process that we're inviting people to be part of. And that, that's why we have a lot of responsibility for the sounds that we put out into the universe because sound is pretty much the most powerful thing that there is. Yeah. At least the most powerful natural thing.
0: Hmm. Kind of feels like you, the end of the, the, the podcast, but I'm having so much fun, I don't, I don't want to end it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if we can like shift gears a little bit and like because like yeah this is first first of all thank you this is inordinately satisfying for me to have someone to talk about about these topics right that i've been swimming in for like two years and trying to somehow eke out an articulation of it and uh, you know you're you're able to to like kind of like play with these topics and take them further it's, it's so so good for me. Um, what should people what music should people be listening to?
1: Uh, oh, you mean like a particular artist or, or something? Just
0: if you want them to listen to the rain, you could say that too if you want.
1: We live in a world, most people live in a world that's very intrusive in, in regard to sensory impressions, right? There's a lot of stuff coming into your field of vision. There's a lot of stuff that wants to enter through the auditory channel tastes. We've been, uh, we've gone to a couple so-called fancy restaurants recently and been very disappointed with how we felt afterwards. It's like the taste was good and different flavors. But they mix too many things together, mm. and then you end up not feeling good after.
0: So in, instead of a good meal, it's like they're trying to entertain you, kind of thing.
1: Kind of, yeah. yeah. So I think I think people should be looking for authenticity in in whatever it is that they that they like. Look for the most authentic thing. Go right to the source and try to find something that's authentic, so that you're uh, not being sucked into the simulation
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and for for anyone who who's interested in that supposedly the wachowski brothers from the matrix movie series were very influenced by jean baudrillard's simulacra and simulation mm-hmm. It's a a short book, but it's very dense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But he explains how we've become obsessed with the copies of things rather than with the things themselves, so Mm -hmm. much so that the copy of the thing becomes more real than the original
0: thing. So if we're living increasingly in a simulation, perhaps a return to the original reason humans made music is in order.
1: A a connection with the raw sound.
0: My guess is that I will be launching a podcast sometime in 2021. I don't know how or what platform, if it's just going to be cassette tapes or or if I'm going to put it on the internet or what. But my guess is that you're going to be the yearly, you know, let's get our minds straight for the year (laughs) guest. (laughs) <laughs> right let's let's get back to basics trim the fat right Right. <laughs> whatever silent letters we have in our music name we're gonna cut that shit out and we're gonna get back to what we're supposed to be doing and then we'll go wander for a year and then we'll come back come back to this I think that's what that's that's how I envisioned this if I have my druthers that's how it's gonna go
1: Oh, I absolutely love that, Ulysses Jason Newcomb.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. And, uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll talk to you next time.
1: Yeah, keep me posted and let me know how it's going.
0: 100%. I think I'm going to inspire myself from one of my favorite podcasts, RuneSoup and cap off episodes with a bit of a suggested takeaway. Something to think about over the next month. For this one, let's settle into the implications of authenticity and encounter with the power of raw sound. Let's pair that with the wisdom teaching us the world is alive. Perhaps sounds are that living world speaking to us. What secrets is she whispering? If you wish to follow my book writing project, you can do so at meaningandmystery.blogspot.com. Click subscribe there to get an article sent to your email inbox twice per month. Navigate to the gift tab at the blog to find out how you can lend your support to the projects. Until next time, good day, good night, and good music.